Damn. All right, so Tim, you want to kick this off? You want me to? Let's do it. So uh, it is January 2nd. Uh, We have the original uh, three-man lineup back on the pod for a quick look back at 2018, quick look forward at 2019. Uh, Neil has has left Southern California. He's out in Utah, uh, and he's back. Mr. Neil Shirley, how are things in Utah? Uh, Good, cold, but good. Excellent. So what we thought we'd do here is um, just kind of take a, like I said, a look back at what our year looked like in 2018. Um, and then we'll have a separate podcast that will drop uh, probably the, the second week in January here, uh, looking looking forward at the year to come. Um, so, Neil, you, you probably had the most changes. You move states, all sorts of different things. You're like a, you're a regular mountain man now. You're yeah. like you're commuting to work in the middle of the winter. It's like you're 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 just like getting rid of all of your Southern California softness in like the, the the course of a month. Like I can't even make fun of you. You just you went hardcore so fast. There's there was no jokes we could make at your expense. Well, I think you know because I moved out in October, beginning of October. Like I had no time to waste. Like I had <laughs> to like harden up straight away. And like I'm growing a beard right now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you just kind of like. Yeah, sink or swim and I figured I had to adapt quickly or else I was going to be spit out so uh it, it's still it's it's a work in progress but yeah, it's definitely a big change from going to like living in SoCal my entire life to you know living in the Wasatch Front where there's like snow on the ground every day Hey, but at least you can get some good beard growing tips from um, from Jake. You, you've got pretty much an expert right there, right right at your disposal for for all of the latest information that you need. Forget yeah. the like how to how to commute and stay warm. I mean, the beer growing tips have got to be just off the charts. Well, no, I'm the only idiot that commutes here, so we'll just put it out there. So, <laughs> oh, these guys okay. are smart. They drive their big trucks with heaters on, um, <laughs> and they they roll coal when they see me passing by but <laughs> um, they plan their their commute into work to when you might be driving on a sec per section of street yeah yeah so they can show me their their diesel um so that's that's exciting but that's uh, nice of them <laughs> yeah but the whole beard thing came from like we were at a as with um cindy my wife at a restaurant a couple weeks ago and she looks around and there's like 20 guys in this restaurant and she She's like, there's only two guys, including me, without beards in the entire place. So we decided that we couldn't let that happen. So I was going to beard up and I, it'll help for the commute as well. That's why I had to move from Utah. The beard just wasn't happening for me. It just oh, wasn't, really? go, it oh. wasn't going to happen for me. And I just said I needed to leave. I knew it wasn't. I wasn't going to fit in there. So I'm glad that you at least have the raw genetic capability to make it work for yourself yeah yeah it's going i'm only like i said i'm only two weeks in but it's going well i think it's going to be yeah i'll yeah i won't be embarrassed around here with my beard (laughs) awesome well should we should we start looking kind of back at at kind of our year well maybe we we can start with stuff on the bike and then uh matriculate off it if we'd like to let's do it so let's start things out with gravel camp uh, I got together in the in the Arizona desert with a bunch of our pals to ride bikes around. That was kind of the the official start to the year. You guys want to talk us through that one? That was where we kind of you know we had some media out there in Scottsdale and ripping some single track and dirt roads on our gravel bikes, and that was really I 
think we called it like the, the kickoff to our Dirty Kanza prep and just the, the whole build up to that. Right, Chris? Yep. Yeah. And, you know, I, I like I've been watching on Facebook, all the people we know down there riding and, <clears throat> and stuff and doing the weekend rides. I'm like, oh, I know that spot. I know that hard corner. You know, <laughs> I know that that little stretch of trail. Man, I got to tell you, I I would say of all the places I rode last year, gravel wise, there's still none that compares to to some of those trails that are they're right down there in the Sonoran Desert. It's just it's a, they're just awesome, like around McDowell Mountain Park and yeah. Um, all those different parks that connect, it is so much fun. And, and they're just, they're just, yeah, it's just such good riding down there. Yeah, I agree. I, it's really like you don't, you don't realize all of that exists when you just kind of pass through. And I wouldn't have expected that the single track, you know, like true mountain or, you know, mountain bike trails would be so perfectly suited to actual gravel bikes. Um, but yeah. they're just so smooth and flowy that we had a, we had a blast. We had about eight to ten people in that house and just yeah three days of of riding and hanging out that was a good time yeah that was fun i think that's kind of a theme too this year that like i certainly noticed it it happened a lot here in bend where you had people that like you know they left they're leaving the winter with their new bike going into the spring and for a lot of people as a drop bar gravel bike taking that stuff to the single track you know um as a way to sort of explore, I come at this from the mountain biking side, and what I saw was a lot of mountain bikers using gravel drop bar bikes as a way to kind of breathe new life into into trails that they've been riding forever. You know, um, those trails in Arizona are a perfect example. We have a lot of the same stuff, totally different, but uh, terrain wise, technically, it's pretty similar. Where you have just really nice flowy terrain that's perfectly suited to ripping around on a drop bar drop our bike and it just makes it so much more fun um than just you know plowing over everything with a full suspension and really kind of makes for boring riding but on the drop bar it's totally different i feel like i saw that way more this year like the, just the number of drop bar bikes out the on the mountain biking trail system here i feel like it was multiple x what i've ever seen in the past yeah well i mean it turns out like and we can get into it later but like my you know over christmas trip to to moab that i took yeah. Uh, it was I was like wondering like can I ride can I ride my gravel bike on this stuff and it's did like did you well, ride slick rock yeah I rode slick rock You're on my fucking gravel nuts bike. man <laughs> yeah it was it was bad at, I mean it was great because uh, but... I, I was wondering like is this possible and then I look at my gravel bike and I'm like this thing is more capable than the bike the mountain bikes I was riding when I first got into the sport in the early 90s and guys were ripping you know slick rock on those bikes so it's yeah. like there's no reason why it can't we just you know we're just mm -hmm. conditioned to like modern technology yeah. for mountain bikes and so it was kind of it was like a you know kind of a throwback to what those guys were first riding out there yeah that's incredible i can't believe you did that we we should <laughs> we should probably put like a disclaimer that like don't do that if you're not surely <laughs> yeah neil has a little more uh a little a little higher skill level than probably yeah. the average gravel rider or mountain biker for that matter so yeah. yeah i mean i definitely scared myself a couple times out there but uh yeah it was it was pretty fun to ride out of there and be like i just rode slick rock on my gravel bike <laughs> that's incredible i love that place man did have you ridden down there on a mountain bike recently? No, no, it's been decades since I since I was there, and uh, it was 
man, I was like wide-eyed like a kid in a candy store there looking at all the dirt roads out of there. And I, I came back. I'm like, I want to rent a house for a yeah. week in the spring and just go ride every day out there. I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> Deal. <laughs> I'm yeah. not sure I want to be actually hearing how hard that trail is and just knowing how you ride on the dirt. Um, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, there's there's already, like, I was looking at a trail, the Cocopelli Trail from, yeah. like, um, from Colorado all the way into Moab and just yeah. most a lot of dirt road and totally doable on a gravel bike um, over, yeah. like, two days. And just, yeah, I mean, there that, it's kind of been fun exploring some of the areas here in in utah so far and just like it's it's really endless unfortunately this thing called winter that limits some of the places but uh by spring it should be should be good that whole high step area we did the a trip um well i know we're looking at 2018 here but we did it in 2017 going from telluride to moab um and and we did the san juan hut trip a lot of it was closed last year um because some really bad fires shut it down but one of the things that they were looking at and they added a couple dates that were specific to gravel biking routes which would be so much fun Um, yeah and then it just cuts the route down i think they you can make it into a two or three day trip that way which would probably it's mostly on the cocopelli like you were saying but those roads i I rode them on a mountain bike but it easily could have been done on on a drop bar bike and that stuff is so beautiful and so much fun and you're there's nobody else out there and you can go like all the way from durango if you want or from telluride all the way into moab on that high step and it, the, the the dirt is just perfect the roads would be ideal for that yeah anytime you can do just like point to point rides like that i mean it's yeah. really it's really special love it um well should we jump into let's see going from uh uh BWR kind of started the year gravel camp we talked about. Um, should we jump into DK? What that what was for us this year? Anything we're missing in between there? I just tried to. I just finished erasing it from my memory, so apparently this is a good time <laughs> yeah. to. Yeah, thank you for tearing off those scabs, Tim. Appreciate it. <laughs> the mental scars finally had healed. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what podcasts are for, right? Just therapy of sorts. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, Neil, you had a, it was a, like a reversal. You had a, you had a really good day last year. Uh, you had a, what, rougher day two years ago with flats yeah. and stuff like that. And last year, you, it all turned around for you and you had a pretty solid day. Yeah, I brought, I definitely brought a different level of fitness. I, you know, I worked hard through the early season and to, to kind of get ready to at least, not embarrass myself out at DK and yeah I had a good I had a good run I would have loved to have finished in the top 10 and I was just out of that but it was it was one of those days where like you could nothing went wrong and you know just a really positive experience which was a nice kind of a nice boost after putting a lot of work in to be ready for it Christopher um, my day was, uh, my day didn't go well. And it's one of those that you, you pretty, you learn quite a bit. Actually, you maybe learn more about, um, yourself as an athlete than you do when it goes right. And I didn't have flats, but I just made kind of a, what I think was an amateur, um, uh, fueling mistake or, or hydration mistake. And, and my day just went completely sideways. Um, but just sucked it up and dealt with it and got to the end and, uh, 
Um, so it was uh, it was a good learning experience, and um, I would I can't say that I was really can't say that I was satisfied with it because I went in with for sure the fitness of my life for that type of event. I've I've never been anywhere near it, uh, maybe as fit as I've ever been for any event, and and so I did everything right right to get to it, and then did you know one major thing wrong at it and that's that's just how it goes on those on those kind of ultra endurance events so i'd say i've got a little um i have a little bit of unfinished business that uh they'd like to go and try to try and resolve so 2019 all you're going in big (laughs) um well we should probably save that uh we should probably save that but i would say that i learned from my mistake and won't do it again next uh at all in the next ones well i guess like the positive thing is with with you maybe not being at your best out there you got to experience um you know ryan steers who was just a beast on a bike in most situations not at dk last year. <laughs> yeah <laughs> and true. john hornbeck who was top yep. 10 the year before and just like two guys that you basically had to babysit back to the finish line that's right he had a killer uh he he killed it the year before and then uh yeah yeah that's true <laughs> yep so. I, he's still my hero. Anyone whose who's nutrition plan centers on Taco Bell burritos is just, they have a spot in my heart forever. So. And, and holds them in a fanny pack, no less. It's, yeah. How do you beat that? Less. No, a handlebar pack. Not even, Yeah, I guess a fanny bar pack up front. It's like a, <laughs> like a mullet pack. <laughs> yeah, that guy's something else. <laughs> and Tim, how about you? That was your first experience in, yeah, uh, in, in the Flint Hills. A gateway drug for sure. I, uh, yeah, it was a really, it was just a really cool experience. I know I, I had no idea really what to expect going into it. Um, we've talked about kind of some of that experience on a couple of different podcasts, so I don't probably need to rehash too much of it here. Um, but it was enough for sure to make me, I'm in, you know, um, I'm totally in. So that part of it was, was completely successful. Um, I, I definitely left, like, it wasn't that bad a day for me, and uh, it, it, I, 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 it was a kind of a unique feeling in that, like, I was, I was kind of proud of myself for going, doing what I did, and at the same time thinking, like, I had a lot more to give than I did, and could have gone way faster, um, not way faster, I could have gone faster, um, and just wishing that I had emptied my tank out a little bit more, and, and realizing, like, when I saw Mr. Steers with his face, jaw, like, attached to the concrete outside of Jimmy John's. Uh, you know, Perfect just, description. Yeah, mm-hmm. just totally just, just whooped. And, like, yeah, he's in a rough place. But if you go to that place, like, like you said, Chris, like, you come out on the other side with probably quite a bit more than, like, if you just have a nice day and enjoy riding your bike. Like, there's a little bit more that you learn and certainly didn't take myself there um partly just because i did the 100 instead of the 200 so there's you know it's not nearly the challenge but i think also like i could have pushed myself harder um and so it it was kind of a unique experience in that like was a a good accomplishment for me was a good starting place uh and you know i felt good about the day but also like you know then upon reflection definitely left it thinking like i can do this uh, so much better than I did and kind of dedicate myself at least to, to doing this a little bit better. So 
Yeah. Well, I got to tell you, it's way overhyped to be to be on that other side of things <laughs> in the like crawling on, around on the ground. I, I would trade places with you <laughs> after that. Uh, it's tough. I think it does. Uh, it does some damage. Like I'd say DK. I thought I re had recovered well from it, but um, I probably got on the horse a little too quick. And that put me in a hole for about six weeks before I really started feeling. At about a month, I started feeling a little better. And then, um, you know, we were up at the Big Bear. What was that, like mid-August, something like that, the Big Bear yeah. one? And, yeah. um, and that was, um, I, I realized there that I, I was not back to really being that good yet and uh, had a really rough day there. So it, it definitely... Um, yeah, it's tough. It's such an enigma of an event. You know, it takes so long to prepare and then you got to do it right on the day of and you got to have good luck and then you have to really recover from it afterwards mm -hmm. in order to not be screwed up for a long time for the rest of the summer. Well, and is that like you said something, Chris, we were talking about it, uh, talking about, I think, in December at some point and my wife was asking you about it and you said something I thought was interesting. Like she asked you if you would if this was going to be your last year and you said probably and, and then you said something like it takes a little piece of you every time what did you mean by that um the i like it's not just on the day of the event it's everything that you do leading up to it it's the like i always think you have only so many matches every year you know to to burn right and you have to use i think especially you know guys like us in our situations where we have work we have family we've got lots of other you know priorities over just bike riding um and so we're trying to balance it all and so you get only so many matches to burn per year whether it's riding on like a really shitty day that you got to knuckle down hard you know or like rushing home, changing, running out, you know, going, doing whatever because somebody's visiting or, or, or hurrying home and getting back to a meeting, you know, and then you're just kind of blown out by the end of the week. Like you, you, you only get so many of those every year. And, and I think I've become, I've become smarter about like, is it worth burning a match today or is it worth skipping that and having more brain cells available? And so you do all that, that comprises your year, right? And then all the sacrifices you make, everything you put into the day, and then the recovery after it, it just, it, you, you are, you're sacrificing something and you're burning like one of those lifetime matches, you know, like you, mm. you have yearly matches and then you, and you kind of forget about them like over the holidays sure. when you don't do anything and you recover and hang out and all that. And then, you know, then you start anew and you, you start peeling off your yearly matches, but then like, like I know I, I only have so many days at DK and, and I'm getting near the end of the, the matchbook <laughs> at this point to want yeah. to do that to myself anymore. Yeah, Neil, I remember you saying something after last year, like I, I feeling like you had sort of done what you needed to do at DK, like that would, that thing was done for you. Is that still the case? No, I mean, I have a goal. I have a goal of next year of, of doing, completing the 200 and then I'll get in that you know, thousand mile club, mm -hmm. you know, which is to me a pretty cool honor. Um, and then I, I, I think it's an event I would like to go back to every year that I can, but maybe like do the 100, like I would be, I'd be totally content doing that. And then, you know, I, I, 
I could enjoy the evening a little more, get to cheer on riders as they're finishing their 200. And, you know, there's, I feel like there's nothing I need to prove anymore to myself out there by doing the 200. Yeah. Um, so if I can just maybe still have that experience, but just a slight, you know, just back it down a little bit so I can enjoy some other elements of the weekend as well. I think yeah. that would be, that's probably my, ne- my next step. Like shitty Mexican food? <laughs> a lot of it, yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, it, it's funny because, like, everyone has a slightly different experience with it. My buddy Jason, who did it for the first time this yeah. year, like, you know, he just did his, his on Instagram, you know, everyone's doing their, their nine best from, yeah. from 2018. And, and his was talking about Dirty Kanza and, like, how it, how doing that event and finishing that event like literally changed him changed him as a person and in a very in a very good way um and so like that's i mean that's that's pretty powerful to to see that and like that extra level of confidence he got by setting his mind to something like that and which is so much bigger than anything else he's done and most anyone has ever done and achieving it and having a really positive outcome. Um, yeah. So like th- those are, that's the stuff I love hearing. And it takes something like EK, I feel to like really do that for, for people. Yeah. You step so far out of your comfort zone and you really go into it, not knowing if you can do it or not. And that, that is an uncomfortable place that, uh, that you get a nice, a really, I think Jason is the perfect example, the reward you get out of that, you know, and you accomplish it and you, 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 he, he, I remember seeing him, he came by me pretty late in the race and he looked great. And I was, you know, I was a wreck and I was like, man, good for him. He's just killing it. Right. Like he's going to have an, he's going to have an amazing experience here that, um, that really is, is very meaningful. And I think that's, you only get it when you do it and, and you, you push yourself to, to a point that is just um, uncertain, you know, and then yeah. you come through that uncertainty with the really different view of what those experiences are. Sure. Yeah. Good stuff. So, well, 2019, we're all. Well, in. then we, well, there's one other one, Mauna Chaos. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. How can we forget? <laughs> I'd like to. No, I, I mean, that was, for me, that was probably because I was just after just after I moved out to Utah and I hadn't been riding my bike much. And I was, you know, if, if you don't know what Mauna Kea is, it's, yeah. it's a 50, is it 55 mile? Um, Something like that. Climb, yeah. you know, for, in, on the big Island in Hawaii, um, up to 14,000, 13,800 feet. Um, so you go from hot, humid at the beach to like, might as well be Mars at the top, you know, lava <laughs> yeah. rock and yeah. no vegetation. Um, cold. Just, yeah, mm-hmm. cold, you know, rain. There's five-mile dirt climb on it. Um, as amazing as it is and, like, achieving something like that and all these microclimates you go through, like, yeah, that was one of the hardest days I've had on a bike. And even off the bike, when I was walking my bike, that was hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, and when, and, and pe- people may not get it when you say walking a bike, it is, it's incredibly steep. You're hitting like these 
I don't know, 12, 15% pitches on dirt at like 10,000 feet. So it's, it's incredibly taxing in a way that is hard to, it's hard to describe unless you actually see it or, and, and do it, how, how hard that, that becomes. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was a pretty, it was a wild day just doing, being on a, in a place that you can experience like those, you know, such a different vast changes in, um, landscape. And so it was beautiful, but so incredibly painful. And, but I do like, that's one I would like to do again, you know, with a little more fitness. So not that it's not, not necessarily to be able to go faster up it just so that I could enjoy it a little more and not walk so much. I don't know if that's possible. Yeah. (laughs) I think it, in some ways it's harder than DK. Um, it is because you never really get a break from pedaling for, yeah. I mean, you can just, you can stop, but then you're going to walk because it's so steep in so many places, you know? So like you got to pick where you're going to stop, but it's just, you just literally pedal uphill for, how long did it take us? Six and a half hours or something like that. Yeah. I mean, it, it's nuts. Um, and that, that part to me was, was what made it so unexpectedly difficult. You know, like we were warned about, uh, it's so steep and you know, the elevation and all that, but holy cow, you just, after you've been pedaling like 50 RPM for two hours, it's amazing how much your body hurts um, as a result of it. Yeah, I definitely um, underestimated, well, I did two things. I overestimated my fitness and underestimated my my equipment and um, the gearing I needed. And I, I had a, you know, count compact chain ring, you know, crank set, 5034 and then an 1136 cassette on the back and like I needed I needed way much easier gears than that with with my fitness level just to be able to ride some of that stuff and pushing that big of a gear I ended up cramping up and then I couldn't even put pressure on the pedals and that was (laughs) that was disaster I had a I had a 36 front and 42 rear and that wasn't enough I would have been happy with like a 32 if they if that's even a an option you know like that it's just you you really can't have enough gears on that thing it's so rough well no and i mean it's really like this culmination of like the steepest section is the last 10 miles of the last 15 miles right and so you've already been climbing for 40 miles and then you're also getting into you know high altitude so it's like your VAM is so low, you have so much fatigue in your legs already, and then it gets really, really hard. So it's, yeah, it was a doozy. Just wait, it gets worse, is basically the mantra of that ride. Yeah, yep. <laughs> and then you drive down in a car and throw up, right? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have that, fortunately. I, I drove down and had a had a uh, a couple drinks uh later but um yeah so i yeah you had the day that i had at dk we had we had reverse yeah i didn't throw up after dk but i was i was not far from it i went i went to bed at about eight o'clock <laughs> yeah. and then tim unfortunately for you you had a rough a rough landing too literally at the yeah. end of the year yeah it was funny like so i i wasn't on that well i was on that ride with you guys behind the camera documenting your pain and suffering for um but it was actually a really great trip for me on the bike too. Like I, so, um, let's see, I think I got my first road bike. I was about two years ago. I've been just solid mountain biking before that. And, uh, our, our road biking here in Bend is good. 
Um, but the trails are better. So it, it's really hard when your choice is between the two of them to, to pick the road bike, um, just based on the quality of mountain biking we have versus the quality of the roads here. So I, I had, you know, it certainly gotten to enjoy road biking, but like didn't totally get it, I don't think. And uh, being able to ride around with you guys in, in Kona on those spectacular roads there and just fantastic and, and do that for, you know, four days, five days in a row, whatever it was. Like, I got it. Um, it made sense to me in a way that it never had before and it really kind of grabbed me. And that's why I was so bummed that a week later uh, I got back on my mountain bike and uh, went over the handlebars and some in a little lava rock garden and busted up my wrist pretty good. So it was one of those things where I was like, man, I was in probably better fitness than I have been. I was looking forward to like taking a quick break in the off season and then really ramping up for, for DK prep and feeling like I could really go into that feeling as strong as possible. And then, you know, to, to break a wrist and be totally set back was for sure a bummer. Um, but uh, it's funny, like been through this before and I know you guys have too, um, but busted a, an Achilles three years ago and uh and just through the process of rehabbing that and got back on a bike definitely came back stronger um so to kind of rely on that experience i'm sure you guys have had similar ones where in in some ways like an injury like that can almost be a blessing in that you really have to like get serious and rededicate yourself and nothing comes easy and you you know that and you you kind of dedicate yourself to to getting back to where you were and, and and better so so yeah, bummer that it happened, but uh, it's it's actually worked out well for me in the past. So, from a training standpoint, I'm not all that uh, disappointed about it. It's just uh, it's one of those things you go through and come up out of the other side. Yeah, we had a rough rough end of the year. I, I spent more time um, soaking my balls in warm water and Epsom salt <laughs> for a month than I did riding my bike. So it's not exactly how you draw up the end of the year, but uh, you know what can we do? Yeah. Um. Well. Uh... On that note, now that we've we've talked about soaking our balls, <laughs> yeah, should we move Nothing over else. to? <laughs> That's a pretty good mic drop, I think. Yeah, it's uh, a good closer. Yeah, I got nothing now. <laughs> All right, so uh, next up, uh, 2019.